Now, before we get started, I just want to address the current global topics of the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, just to name a few of the very many black lives lost through systemic racism and the brutalization of the American police against its own people. We at Death Science Podcast fully support the Black Lives Matter movement. We are continuing to learn more and support the community. For context, we recorded this interview in February of 2020 before the seriousness of the COVID-19 lockdowns and protests. Welcome to the Death Science Podcast, where we explore new perspectives on life, death, dying, and the dead. Find the audio on all major podcast platforms, and you can find all the videos on my YouTube at www.catacomb.tv. And of course, you can learn a lot more about the show at deathscience.org. Welcome to episode number eight. Today's guest is Alua Arthur, the creator of goingwithgrace.com, a website for training and end of life care. In this episode, we'll be talking about what a death doula is, how we can step up and train ourselves to assist and guide grieving families. Also, how to foster conversations with loved ones about death planning and so much more. But before we get started, I want to talk about catacombculture.com. This is where I sell my sculptures, my sculptures being functional home decor that I make out of hyper-realistic human bones. From human bone lamps to food-safe skull bowls, I make a lot of memento mori friendly pieces that serve as reminders that our lifespans are limited, so let's make the best of the time that we have left. Explore my bone gallery at catacombculture.com. Also, restinggrounds.org will guide you in exploring alternative post-life care for your deceased body. Your deceased body has the potential to literally save lives, advance multiple fields of science, and so much more. Learn more at restinggrounds.org. Now, let's meet Alua and explore new perspectives on life, death, dying, and the dead. So today I am here with Alua Arthur, who is uh, the founder, creator of GoingWithGrace.com. She also has uh, e-courses, and her services include end-of-life planning, speaking, and she's also a death doula, and much more. Thank you, and welcome to the catacombs. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. How are you? Good, good. So let's get started with you just telling us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So my name is Ava Arthur. I'm a death doula. I'm an attorney and the founder of Going With Grace, as you mentioned. Going With Grace is an end-of-life planning, training, and support organization. And we exist to support people as they answer the question, what must I do to be at peace with myself so that I may live presently and die gracefully? So no matter what the answer to that question is, we support people in it. For some, it's about their personal relationships. For others, it's about their practical affairs. For some other people, it's about spiritual concerns. Whatever the needs are, we're there to support them. Okay, so let's dive into, tell me about your uh, your e-courses and what you can offer. So Going With Grace, we offer a series of end-of-life courses. I think the most popular by far is our end-of-life training course, where we offer a 12-week online course to learn the ins and outs of death dueling. This is for people that are interested in learning the work, not only for themselves, like because one day they're probably going to be with somebody they love who is dying. I mean, almost all of us will. Mm -hmm. And for other people that want to do this professionally. Uh, so that's our most popular course. It's a 12-week online, really juicy. We go through all the pillars of death work. And then we also offer end-of-life planning made simple courses. We have a death meditation that's getting really popular lately. 
it's a nine series or like a nine day type of death meditation that walks us through the contemplations of dying and gives people an opportunity to get really like really sink into the process of our own death because that we go straight for it yeah we also offer the art of dying which is like a philosophical based course awesome so let's dive into with what a death doula is great great a death doula is somebody who does all of the non-medical care and support of the dying person and the family through the process. So no matter like all the needs, right? It's such a rich, rich, rich time and people often need support in doing it. I like to think of like the dying person in the middle and then you have their family or their circle of support around them. And then you have the doula kind of helping hold that all up and together because there are a lot of needs, there are emotional things, People need resources. They have questions. They just need some help. Yeah. So we're there to do it. Great. Oh, what are some experiences that you've encountered being a death doula? Oh, so many of them. What so are some many. some of the most memorable and the most helpful? Hmm. Well, the most memorable ones are always like the, the toughest ones, right? The ones that really left an impact on me. Most definitely the first time that I did it, which was doing it unknowingly when my brother-in-law was sick and dying. And that was the first time I saw how unsupported people are actually through the process. Um, the medical care system isn't really set up to help people die. Um, mm -hmm. It's really set up to help people live. And so when we were walking through it while he was dying, it was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. this is not at all what I'd hoped it would be. And so I started going with grace from there to make sure that it could become what I think it should be. Mm. That um, That's tricky because, you know, people have varying needs that aren't always what I think is best. Uh, another really memorable experience was a woman I know who was really well loved in the community. And she only wanted a handful of people there while she was dying. But like most of the community was around. And it became, her death became like a, a centering gathering point for everybody to get together. They shared stories about her. They were sharing hugs and tears. This is while she's in the process of dying, not just at the funeral. So everybody got to, got to learn from, the word I want to use is feast. It sounds wrong, but they really got to feast on her dying because they all got to see what the process is like and like learn so much for themselves and take away a lot from it. Hmm. So what would you say death doula is and is not? Like, what can families expect? Families can expect to have somebody there available almost all the time to answer questions, to get support from, to offer information and resources, to mm -hmm. offer ritual, to offer comfort, to offer guidance when it's necessary and when they ask for it. We're, we're available. You know, we're available. Like we take these clients on recognizing what it is that they're going through and so do our best to make it as easy on them as possible. Nice. What are some of the most common uh, requests that families uh, want from a death doula? There is nothing common mm. <laughs> about being at the end of life phase. Nothing is common. Uh, I think, well, a question I often get asked is whether or not they can touch their dying loved one. You know, is it okay for me to touch him or her? And the answer is, of course, a big fat yes. Um, but the fact that people perhaps are not aware that it's okay to touch somebody when they're dying is the big challenge culturally that I think we need to shift. Mm. 
So I see that you also offer courses on uh, death doula. So what can students expect when they enroll? Students can expect to get their butts walloped while they think about thinking about supporting other people who die. Because realistically, I th- the way that I see it is that the thing that makes me effective as a death doula is that I have a common and ongoing relationship with my own death. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ever collapsing the space between me and another person. I know what's mine and I know what theirs, which means I can support them and what they need as opposed to what I think they might need. Does that make mm. sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so throughout the course, consistently, I keep asking individuals, how does this relate to you? What is your experience like with dying? What's the first dead body you saw? What had you learned about death prior to that? You know, mm. we, we constantly check in with ourselves first to, to get really clear, really grounded on what our ideas are so that we're not collapsing it. Yep. While also learning all this how wrap up affairs after somebody dies, how to care for a body at the end of life, what the signs of dying look like, etc. It's a pretty, it's a meaty course. Nice. So where does uh, death doula, where does that come from? Is there like a specific uh, history of death doulas? I would say that the history is rich and deep in that there's always been somebody in the community that's supporting somebody through death, particularly in tribal communities, native communities, nomadic communities. There's always that person that people went to when somebody died who knew what to do. And so the death doula is a new iteration of that. But it's the same old thing. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned also uh, death meditation. And uh, just personally within my own meditation, I, uh, I practice like Zen Buddhists, go to local Zendo and stuff. And sometimes in my meditation, yes, I'll explore like death contemplations. I know uh, Buddhism has their nine cemetery contemplations. Uh, tell me a little bit about the death meditations that you focus on. Yeah, interesting. So the nine contemplations of dying are the basis of this death meditation that I offer. And they're written by Tisha, the Tibetan Buddhist scholar. Mm. And I don't know them off the top of my head, but they are various things like death is inevitable, death has many causes, my body's fragile and vulnerable, my material resources will be of no use to me, my family can't save me, Um, my lifespan is not fixed. I can't remember the other three, but we use those foundation for the death meditation series yeah well, why do you think death meditation is important for the public to consider so that they can start to get comfortable with the idea of their own death mm-hmm. and that's important so that our death doesn't come as a surprise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i don't mean like because it's sudden but rather all of a sudden we're you know we have some diagnosis and we're like wait what do you mean i'm gonna die it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I find our culture, especially in the United States and most of the world, we we live life almost in death denial of a sort. Like we we don't want to accept it. And it's so death is a very I don't want to say completely taboo topic, but it's very difficult for families to talk about. Do you have any tips for individuals to, you know, talking to their loved ones about death? Absolutely. First, do it. It's difficult. It's difficult, but start the conversation no matter what entry point you need. Sometimes it's useful to use like the death of a celebrity or something as the a part of the way to start the conversation or a family member or something to bring it home and to ground it. Um, right now with everything that's going on in the world and coronavirus, the conversation might be a little scarier to have, but it's also that much more real. And so we're hearing a lot about ventilator shortages 
And so we can ask, have you ever, what do you know about ventilators? Have you ever thought about a ventilator? Might you want to be on one yourself? How long would you want to stay on one? Use whatever is happening in current, in the current, like in current culture to ground the conversation. Oh, nice. Helpful. Yeah, or yeah. if that's helping at all, also start maybe talking about your own death planning that you're doing and invite others into it. If they don't want to talk about their death, maybe you can talk <laughs> to them about yours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what kind of tips do you have for um, individuals who want to uh, plan for their life? I mean, plan for their death during Same, life? same, actually, same, same. <laughs> I think, yeah, like death planning is a lot like life planning because you're looking at the things that you want to get done, who you want to be, what values you have. So when you're thinking about planning for the end of life, there's a few key things that you should keep in mind. First, you want to do any advanced care planning, making sure that you're clear on who's going to make your medical decisions for you mm. when you can't, your desires on life support. Also want to get clear on um, how much pain medication you want, what kind of pain medication works well for you, how you want to be cared for and treated near the end of your life. Um, think about people that you might want there, the people that you don't want there, also very important. Think about things like your possessions. Do you have a will? Do you have a trust? If you do, where is it? Who's the lawyer that is housing it? Think about your passwords, your accounts, social media. Also think about your body, your services, your funeral, if you're going to have one at all. Do you want to be embalmed? Do you want an autopsy? Do you want to, I could go on and on for the, for the day. <laughs> There's a lot of things to think about, but just get started. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any tips that you have for uh, the newly bereaved as well? Tips on? Uh, whether it's grieving or just the, the next steps of continuing life. Yeah. Um, don't rush it. Mm. That's the biggest one I got. Don't rush it. Don't rush anything. Don't rush a process of grieving. Try not to distract from it, although at times it may be necessary. That's okay. Don't rush. Say goodbye to your loved one. Don't rush getting into wrapping up all of their affairs. Bureaucracy can definitely wait. Um, just don't rush. Mm. What would you say uh, some common issues are with families as they encounter failures of uh, death planning? Well, a lot of things. Financial upheaval. Mm. People are spending a lot of money trying to carry out their loved one's wishes or what they think they would have wanted. They spend a lot of money... Um, planning these elaborate services. They spend a lot of money in hospital bills at the end of life because their loved one may not have wanted life support for three weeks, but before you know it, they're on a ventilator for three weeks. Um, money is certainly one of them. There's a high emotional cost, though, to not planning. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine you, who can no longer communicate your wishes, are laying there and your family members are trying to guess what you would have wanted. Like, and then they're stuck with this guilt about whether or not they made the right choice and when they made it. It's brutal. It's brutal. So best to do some planning. Save your family members that. Mm. Uh, are there any resources that you suggest as to, uh, you know, start the planning process? Because a lot of individuals I uh, talk to after any speaking engagements that I have or just uh, spark up conversations, they, they don't, they never know where to start. It's almost like a, uh, an overwhelming process of uncertainty for individuals, I find. So there's a lot of places. Okay. There's like the five wishes line, which is an advanced planning tool, an advanced directive tool. There's an, um, I think it's a website called cake.com that does some life planning. Mm -hmm. um, if you really don't know where to start or you want some like solid guidance to the process, call a death doula. Like we, we're really good at this. 
And the benefit of working with an individual is that we can help you see maybe your blind spots and ask the questions so that you're absolutely clear on your wishes and other people can understand them. Mm, I gotcha. So what was the initial inspiration that got you interested in becoming a death doula and helping families get through uh, hard times around death? I met a woman on a bus in Cuba, serendipitously, a German woman, who had uterine cancer. And we talked a lot about her life, and then we started talking about her death, and I was like, oh my God, this might kill her, and asked her a bunch of questions about dying. And she answered them, but had not spent any time before talking to anybody about the fact that she was dying. People were resistant to have that conversation with her. And so I felt sad and frustrated that people didn't have support from other people in thinking about their death. Like, why is this not a, a more talked about thing? Um, so I figured we should be properly planning for the end of our life. So I started doing that. And then about six months later, my brother-in-law fell ill and he died. And I was there for the last mm. two months of his life. And that's ultimately how Going With Grace was started. I thought, okay, there are multiple issues here and they keep showing up to me. So let me do something about it. But yeah, the, the work that you're doing is uh, very inspiring. It's very beautiful work. Thank you so much for helping all the families and being there for families when they need you the most. And also inspiring students to, uh, you know, accept death and, you know, work with death to make it more of a positive thing. Even though, you know, death, it's, again, it's very unfortunate for families, but it's it's the reality of life. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So, so where can we find you and learn more about you and your brand and your, your e-courses and all that fun stuff? You can find me online at goingwithgrace.com. Um, that's just on the interwebs. And if you are on Instagram or Facebook, Facebook is just going with grace. And Instagram, it's going underscore with underscore grace. And if you don't have the underscores, you're going to find like a yellow lab in like Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so underscore if you're trying to find me. And when you find me, you'll know it's me. <laughs> great, yeah. great. And uh, do you have a, an email that uh, uh, the audience can find? Um, yeah, they can find it on the website, but the best email address is grace at goingwithgrace.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting it up. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Same. Thank you for watching the Death Science Podcast. For updates and new episodes, subscribe right now. It's quick at deathscience.org. Remember that we all must die one day, so talk to your loved ones now about your plans for your deceased body. Learn more about creative and beneficial post-life plans at restinggrounds.org. I'm your host, Jeremy, signing off on another episode. Thank you and memento mori.